You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Finally, it's here, here, this Thursday from the Ford Community and Performing Arts Center in Dearborn. The day you've all waited for, Draft Again. Blood, mayhem, sweat, vomit, all in more copious amounts than is legally allowed in 48 other states. It's all here. Everyone's been going psychotic for six months. And now, finally, we unveil to you the world. Draft again in 2020. Well, I can, oh, my. Wow. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. This is our draft preview episode. And we're here. It's ready to bite kneecaps. Everything is on the table as we begin the final preview before this draft season comes to its final head i am chris perfett the adequate host at chris perfett on twitter p-e-r-f-e-t-t the purring ferret per jamal williams with me as always jeremy reisman the fearless mustache at detroit on lion uh walking the dead walking that final walk dead man walking as he prepares on wednesday i believe to go and prepare his mustache to be dyed blue yeah, uh, it's going to be dyed blue and then maybe shaved on Sunday. I don't know because I don't know if I'm going to survive to, by Sunday because I think Kyle Shanahan is going to kill us all before then. Kyle Shanahan's going to genius Kyle Shanahan, genius Kyle Shanahan against idiot Dan Campbell. That everyone thinks Dan Campbell's an idiot because he's talking about kneecaps. Kyle Shanahan, football genius out here saying like, I don't know if we're any of us are going to be alive on Thursday. <laughs> Let's go over to our third man, Ryan Matthews. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, uh, is 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 this a portent to the end times? Is Kyle Shanahan going to kill, kill us all? Uh, maybe. And if he does, it's cool. Because like I've been listening to Rob Zombie lately. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have a 20-tweet uh, 20, 20 uh, dissertation on, on the nature of a Dragula? Dude, I'm so metal. <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna have to change your intro from limp biscuit to rob zombie dracula dude i don't know it's catchy whatever I, i'm just everything's I'm, catchy i'm worried that you're gonna go through a power man 5000 phase please don't I, and after that the deftones <laughs> maybe and a little god that, smack when you take when you take your softer turn you go some afi Oh, wow, man. Chris, now you're talking to like 10th grade me. <laughs> I know how these things develop, man. I know how these things develop. But what we don't know how to develop is this draft. It is developing. Finally, though, 
into its final mutated form. Uh, it's it's like Frieza. It's gone through about like 80 uh evolutions over this offseason now we're about to see the the hopefully the final form the ultimate form and it's going to as kyle shanahan portends kill us all uh before we so on this podcast we have two different mock drafts to give you one for all seven rounds for the lions uh all of us on a clock which is going to be hellish we're going to give you speed run we're going to give you some best case worst case scenarios bold predictions rants and we're going to start off with our realistic view of what's going to happen one to seven in detail. But first, we need to let you know about what is coming this week from Pride to Detroit. I made mention that we're going to have our final mock draft stream, I believe, on Wednesday, Jeremy. Is that right? That's right. Which may or may not turn into a, a mustache bleaching podcast at the end of it. But we'll we'll see. But yeah, most importantly, we'll we'll go through our final um, kind of community mock draft where we'll do one and, and the live audience will do one on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday night, how, how long before the draft begins? You think like 30 minutes before the draft? About 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes before the bell starts for the New York Jets minutes before they tell us what we've known for about like six months, who they're going to pick at that time. The Mega POD Cast live audience Twitch show begins. You want to be on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. It was our biggest show of the year last year in 2020. 2021 is going to be even bigger and it's going to be even longer because we picked it. The Lions picked at three last year, picking at seven. Do the math, double the time. Bam, everyone's there. It's a giant party. That party continues into Friday. With the second, with day two, rounds two and three, and then some wrap up over the weekend. Uh, we're still feeling that out. We need to figure out where that's coming, but we will be wrapping up after that in for day three and the big old POD cast to recap it. A very busy week. It's going to be huge. Going to be huge. It's going to be amazing. Sorry. I just said, I just realized I said Jets, by the way. I meant the Jaguars. Well, we gotcha. we, we kind of all know who the Jags are picking. True. I guess we kind of know who the Jets are picking we know too. Who the Jets are picking too. We're gonna get to that in a second. Segway might take Mac Jones, baby. They do not work for Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah. Which then lets that adequacy for me, as I completely just assumed the Jets were uh, picking first because I'm an idiot. We're gonna segue now into our one to seven mock draft. So let's go. Let's go. Right. And I think just to lead that off, Jeremy, Ryan, we all know who one and two are going to be, right? We do indeed. And in our uh, we're, we're doing this live. If, if you're watching, um, you'll be able to kind of track our picks here. But yeah, um, we, we can pretty much safely assume at this point, Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars with the first overall pick. And Trevor and Zach Wilson, I should say, is going to the Jets at number two, where the fun starts is number three. Yeah, I think I think they're pretty much locked in, Ryan. Like, I think there's some questions, <clears throat> excuse me, about, about Zach Wilson, uh, like how good he really is. But I think the Jets have all talked themselves into Zach Wilson. Him and his uh, very lame Chipotle tweets are apparently like he's going to New York, man. It's it's what it is. It's just uh, he's going to New York. No other questions about it. I think the way people have been talking about some of these quarterbacks, I think there's some questions if if Zach Wilson really is the second best quarterback, but people want him in, in New York. 
Yeah, I'm not sold on Zach Wilson being the second best quarterback in this draft class. I'm not even sure if the Jets are. I'm not sure if anybody's sold on Zach Wilson being the second best quarterback in this draft class, but the Jets seem to be so. And that takes us to pick number three, the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I will say on Zach Wilson, like I think because he was from a smaller school, there's more upside there. You haven't seen all of what Zach Wilson is. I just don't know if that's I think there's more complete guys here. But that brings us, as you say, to San Francisco, which uh, Kyle Shanahan was out today to throw even more smoke in the air to uh, talk about how we're not going to be alive by Sunday. And once again, it seems like Jeremy the the 49ers are throwing a bunch of smoke up in the air. It's been we've thought it's been Mac Jones for a while, but now other sources, all these uh people are talking out there. I think it was was it Schefter? It's 50-50 now between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Rappaport with the first one on, on Sunday. But yeah, it, it does seem like it's now down to those two. And and yeah, Shanahan talked with the media today and I mean, confirmed at least what we already all knew, which was, you know, they moved up for a quarterback. Now he's saying there's there's five guys that they'd be um, comfortable with, which one is is BS, I think. Two, if that's true. Yeah, then you they, can't name five guys at the quarterback. The, re- the reason you traded up to three is all, all of a sudden for not, because if you have five guys you're comfortable with that, with three, why did you trade it all the way up to three? Why didn't you trade up to, I don't know, five, six? Not not spend as much draft capital to get your guys. I think I think we can safely assume that it's either going to be Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Personally, I th- I think, you know, they they originally traded up for Mac Jones, and they're probably going to stick with that. That's that's at least where I'm kind of at right now. Um, there's there's all this talk about Mac Jones being a great fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense and blah blah blah. But to me, you made that trade up for one reason, and the immediate name we heard out of everyone's name was Mac Jones. So I think it's going to stay with Mac Jones. Yeah, I want to I want to say it's Mac Jones, too, from the standpoint that if they're going to take Trey Lance, what what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo? And I know that even Kyle Shanahan doesn't know what's going to happen to Jimmy Garoppolo or the rest of us by by mm. Sunday. But um, it puts them in such a interesting bind because. Do they stick with Garoppolo? If if if, if you're interested in, in at least keeping Garoppolo around for another year. Well, then maybe you do take a guy like Trey Lance who needs a little bit more maturation or do they want somebody who's going to be ready right now? Because when we think about the 49ers window to compete, they were in a Super Bowl. uh, You know, they're in the Super Bowl a year ago. I mean, if their window Mm -hmm. to compete is now, maybe they want to take the guy who is more pro ready. um, And by all you know, accounts, it seems like Mac Jones is, quote unquote, that guy. So I I think San Francisco takes Mac Jones at at three and. Kyle Shanahan either cements his legacy as a genius or gets laughed out of the league within a couple of years. The the one thing I, I want to add really quick there, because I, I listened to Adam Schefter's podcast this week, and he said that he believes the 49ers don't view Trey Lance as a sit and wait quarterback. He views them okay. as a guy that, that could start right away. And, and that would run contrary to what, you know, the media narrative is and what most people look at a guy who is bare, you know, barely played in college. Um, just, you know, throw them, throw them to the, to the fire. And, and like you said, it, it, that, that seems like a strange thing to do for a team that, that could very well have the window open right now. But, um, if Schefter is right, then, then maybe Trey Lance is the guy and they start him right away. Yeah, look, and they've got a good offensive line in San Francisco. They can say that right now, if they've got the offensive line to protect him, 
unlike, say, Joe Burrow, then maybe that's true. I, I have several questions about this pick. One is that what if it's not Zach Wilson to the uh, to the Jets? What if somehow they pull a switchy and they go for, as was shown in one of our mock drafts, Mac Jones themselves or something? I don't know. Like it feels it feels like a weird the, the conversation for the third quarterback in this draft has been beyond weird because I, I posed this question to someone on on a Saturday radio show. We have all these teams willing to trade up. The uh, seemingly willing to trade up to try to get Justin Fields right now, and there's you know we're going to talk about in a little bit. There's plenty of trade potential at at four, five, six, seven, eight, and anyone in front of in front of Denver really. And the big prize assumed there is Justin Fields, which everyone wants to get. Some people think he's maybe better. He's definitely better than Mac Jones. Some would say he's probably better than Zach Wilson, depending on how you feel about Justin Fields. But I I guess my question would be, and this was the question I posed in the radio show, flip the script a second. So let's say the 49ers pull a fast one and and they draft Justin Fields. None of those same teams are coming up to draft Mac Jones, right? Yes, no. It does, I mean, it doesn't seem like it. I, I have. I think there was a tweet today that but was that's like, just funny like that. That's just funny how that works. Like, and this idea that okay, Mac Jones can run Shanahan's offense, but Trey Lance or Justin Fields can't. Sorry, go go on, Jeremy. I'm just I'm just baffled by. No, I mean, it doesn't make Mac a ton Jones of sense. Is. But but yeah, I don't know. The 49ers seem to love him. I, I there was conflicting tweets this morning. One that said I haven't heard anyone like Mac Jones. If the if the 49ers don't take Mac Jones, he could slide, you know, well deep into the first round because no one else is talking about him. And then there was another person that said I've talked to NFL scouts and everyone's like, yeah, Mac Jones is actually pretty good. I don't know what y'all are talking about. And, no, I don't think Mac Jones is that bad either. Yeah, I just. I think we all no. just assume here, at least among this panel, this troika, that uh, Justin Fields is better. I, I think that really is, I think that's a product of the 49ers trading up and the rumors being that they did it to get Mac Jones. Because at, at, at that point, before the 49ers moved up for the, you know, for the third pick, I think a lot of people viewed Mac Jones as a fringe first round, you know, late first round, early second round pick. But then all of a sudden, once Mac Jones was the name of who the 49ers were interested at three, well, then that all of a sudden that blew all of our minds. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't. Did you have a second question, Chris? No, that was it. I'm just I'm I'm just uh, uh, utterly fascinated by that, that that Mac Jones is somehow valued as the third pick. But then if he does go past San Francisco, suddenly his value drops from three to like maybe 15, maybe out of the first round altogether. And again, the idea that he's, he's uniquely situated to run Kyle Shanahan's offense that, but these other quarter that Justin Fields isn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but we, we basically know at this point it's between, or we we think we know at least that it's between Lance and and Mac Jones and, and so which is more realistic. I mean, are, are you, I, I made the case already. I, I think the the move they made originally was for Mac Jones. I think maybe, yes, they are considering Trey Lance now. But I think when you make that move, that aggressive of a move, and it's for one player, and Kyle Shanahan had admitted when he made that move, it was for one specific player. I don't think you make a move like that and change your mind. Yeah, I think to, it's Mac Jones. Yeah. To, to okay. quote the great Arif Hassan, you do not move heaven and earth to move up to three 
without having a guy in mind to pick. Yeah. So Mac Jones like, is the guy. Like Mitch Trubisky. All right. <laughs> Let's make Mac Jones a pick then. <laughs> Mac Jones. I work for Mac. Kyle Shanahan says he works for Mac Jones. All right. This is where we get to break Ryan Matthews' heart, right? This is this is the meat. I I know everyone's here for the Lions talk, but this part of the draft is so meaty. It's so weird. And all it takes is one domino going the wrong way to maybe lay in some riches in Detroit. So I, I think what happens with I, I think what happens with Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Miami is is going to change everything. And I guess the biggest question is first, two questions. Um Let's start with this one then, because I know you you wanted to break Ryan's heart. Do the Falcons? They're they're drafting Kyle Pitts, right? Yep, I think they are. I mean the one the one piece of news that might ruin all of that, and I, I imagine this is what Ryan is going to bring up so that he can just keep his dreams alive. Is that Julio Jones might be on the move, um, and if Julio Jones is on the move, suddenly wide receiver becomes a very much bigger pick, a bigger need, and then Jamar mm-hmm. Chase and Jalen Waddle or wh- whoever your wide receiver du jour is becomes a very possible option here. But Kyle yeah. Pitts isn't just a tight end. He's a wide receiver as Brian's <laughs> been telling us. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing with the Falcons for as many people as I follow on Twitter for lions news and coverage and just insight. And for as many lions fans that have, you know, dug their heels in and they've drawn a line in the sand saying like, it's this guy or bust or it's that guy or bust. I don't think Falcons fans will be happy with anybody who gets picked. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even mention it. Like quarterback is, is certainly no, an option right here. Quarterback is 100% an option and quarterback yes. is 100%. Like if I were to break things up, it, it's really hard to kind of judge it. But I would say that like upwards of like 30% of Falcons Twitter that I follow are all in on Justin Fields. They're like, if Justin Fields hmm. is there at four, I mean, Kyle Shanahan did all of us a great service by moving all the way up to three to take Mac Jones and have Justin Fields fall into our laps. So I, I, I do not want to rule out the the idea that they take Justin Fields, because I think that in terms of a timeline of competing in terms of a rebuild, they're kind of similarly situated to the Lions. Yeah. They have some more blue chip talent than the Lions do. And, you know, having Calvin Ridley. Um, their offensive line is pretty set with having, you know, Jake Matthews as a franchise left tackle. Um, they drafted, oh boy, uh, kid from you. Uh, no, no, no. Um, their right tackle, they're, they're Caleb McGarry. They have, mm-hmm. they have bookends. Like they, they have some, some things in place so they can kind of accelerate their rebuild. And if they take a quarterback, maybe they can move on from Matt Ryan next year. But I, I'm right there with you too, Jeremy. Like if, if Julio Jones is on the trading block, all of a sudden wide receivers in play. I don't think they go offensive line. I think that's completely off the board. So I think you're really down to to three players. You're down to Kyle Pitts. Well, actually four. Kyle Pitts, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields. One of those two guys, and then and and whichever wide receiver they they yeah. you know have as number one on their board. I think it really comes down to to those options. Or it or it could be a trade. I think both four and six. Are very tradable. I, I I have words to say on five in a second with Cincinnati, mm. but I think if anyone trades in front of the Lions, it's going to either be Atlanta or Miami. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Atlanta has been highlighted as as one of those teams. At least I think it was Albert Breer who said that that are you know thinking about trading down. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think you're right, Ryan. There's just there's a lot of I don't really get a sense of where they are leaning. I, I I think based on you know what I hear from Falcons fans, I think quarterback is definitely high on that needs list. But I just feel like there's been an assumption as of late that Kyle Pitts is the pick. I don't I don't know if there's mm-hmm. any basis of truth to that. Sometimes you get close to draft day and you and you just kind of you see everyone move to a consensus pick and and either that's groupthink or that's like actual legitimate reporting happening. And it's it's hard to know at this point which one is 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 which. So what are we saying then for Atlanta before we move on to Cincinnati? Are we saying like we got we got to make a pick here? Like our most realistic pick is what? And Fields, Lance, Pitts, and Chase are all on the board. I mean, I feel like it's Kyle Pitts, and I I I don't want to say that like Hayden Hurst has any effect on whether or not Kyle Pitts gets selected. Because <laughs> if I am, then I'm a huge hypocrite because the Lions have T.J. Hawkinson. But like the Falcons did trade their second and fifth round picks to the to the Ravens to get Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Um. But with that being said, like you can't pass on who is potentially the the best non quarterback prospect in the draft. I think they take Kyle Pitts at four. Right. If they say and that. I mean, I, I, I Jerry Jones aside, whoever trades up isn't going to take Kyle Pitts. So, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's Pitts there. I do. All right, let's make Pitts the pick. The one thing I will say okay. is the alcoholic in our SB Nation mock did go quarterback. They picked Trey Lance. Just yeah, look, I could see that too. I just don't, I think, I think you're going to get a couple more years out of, it's kind of like the Jared Goff situation for Detroit, right? You could get a quarterback this year, but he's going to be there for at least a couple more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, I mean. But um, now, now yeah. we're staring at number five with Cincinnati, and I think this is one of two players. You yep. want to talk about more scub. You want to talk about more fighting within a fan base right now. Um, one of the guys I work with, uh, old-time Cincinnati radio and newspaper columnist Andy Furman, who has told me if they do not draft Panay Sewell, that he will lead protests against uh, <laughs> Paul Brown Stadium. Someone else I worked with, you, you said this, and I agree with him on this. We we saw those pictures of the of the the Bengals' new uniforms that came out, right? And it had the picture of Joe Burrow seated on a throne. No, and it you wasn't can, Joe Burrow on the throne. It wasn't. It was, Joe, it was Joe Mixon on the on the throne, right? No, no, Burrow was on the throne too. He well, was. He was they, sitting. They, they had they, they had, had multiple pictures oh, okay. for, yeah, for their they, they for their pictures on. For their team photo, Mixon was on the throne, but right. they also did. They gave there Burrow. was a solo picture of yeah. Burrow. But the yeah. point I was making is that you can see in plain sight Burrow's scar from his ACL surgery, and the point is that. You should show that's the Bengals front office. Zoom in on that ACL scar. Every that should be up in their war room. That should be the only thing they're looking at when they're trying to say, hey, maybe we should take Jamar Chase over a guy to protect Joe Burrow. Yeah, I know the media consensus is on Jamar Chase, Jeremy, but this guy nearly got murdered last year. Yeah, you're going to pass on the best tackle of the draft. Now, come on. I don't know. I have no idea where this pick is. I, I, it's 50-50 in my mind. I, I'm with you, and, and I, we've talked about this in terms of the Lions. They're going to have the same conundrum. Do you take an offensive tackle, or do you take a shiny new weapon at wide receiver? I, I'm of the belief, you know, the analytics show that offensive tackles hit better in the first round. They're harder to find in free agency. Um, they're, in, in general, you're going to get more years out of, of an offensive tackle than you are a wide receiver. So I value offensive tackle a little higher than wide receiver just in terms of positional value. Uh, I, I don't know what, what 
the Bengals are going to do. I don't know how much pull Joe Burrow is going to have because he wants to be reunited with Jamar Chase, but um, he should also care about his legs. Yeah, you you mentioned, uh, I'll let Ryan get in here in a second, but like you mentioned, just real quick, you mentioned, uh, um, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot like the Lions situation. I would argue that it's not because the offensive line in Cincinnati is infinitely worse than the Lions offensive line. It was one of the worst in the league not long ago, and it hasn't really improved. I think the need there is greater. But uh, Ryan, where, where do you see this pick going? Well, first, first, I want to say that I think this pick becomes even more difficult if the Falcons go quarterback and Kyle Pitts is there because Mm. now now all of a sudden it's like, oh, boy, the top offensive talent in the draft is here. And do we weigh that against, you know, picking Penesul? I think that the Cincinnati Bengals should pick Penesul 10 times out of 10. There's no reason why they should prioritize getting a receiver when they just drafted T. Higgins. I mean, I I think that for, you know, Joe Burrow goes down with an ACL injury his, his rookie season for the reason that, you know, Chris, you know, drew out for us. The reason that Jeremy just, you know, illustrated to us that, you know, tackles hit way often, um, way more often than than offensive skill position players. I think it has to be Sewell. It has to be Sewell. All right. I think we're going right. to draft Sewell for them. We'll give yep. them we'll, the we'll benefit. Make, we'll make it as if the Bengals make good decisions. <laughs> That's yeah. a tall ask, but <laughs> I, I know there's some irony of that coming from the Lions podcast. Sure. Sure. Uh, what to do about Miami? Because they traded up to six. I was having this conversation with Jeremy before the podcast that I think the Miami could possibly trade back down. And so far, we've gone straight across the board. No one's traded in ahead of the Lions for either Fields or Lance. Uh, but at the same time, they traded up to six, too. So, and Jamar Chase is sitting right there. It's, it's another tough one because, yeah, I mean, there are two good quarterbacks still on the board right now at six. Mm-hmm. Both of which could potentially go in the top three. And so, yeah, I think at this point, teams might be like, well, I, I, teams might see it too, one of two ways. Like, OK, well, they're going to continue to slide. I don't think Miami is going to go quarterback. They, they, they're probably still believe in, in two. I know we had those rumors way early in mm-hmm. the draft process, which seems like years ago. Um, but wide receiver is a huge need. So, yeah, I think Jamar Chase, if the if the Miami is staying here, I think Jamar Chase is the option. I don't I don't think there's really much question. The question is just whether is Miami going to stay put or not? <clears throat> well, I, I, I will say that we would almost have to know Miami's draft evaluation in terms of who they see as their number one wide receiver. Sure. Yeah. Like, sure, sure. We all we all think Jamar Chase is wide receiver one by a lot of accounts, but there there are so many people who, you know, put other other wide receivers ahead of him. Yeah, um, plus, plus the two a connection in Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah, both I mean, Alabama guys are sitting right there, Smith and Waddle. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the other question for me is, as much as I'd like to see a trade with Miami, I, I guess I'm curious as to who would be the one to trade, uh, because we're we're having this issue where I don't think Denver needs to panic and jump up to six if this is how the board is playing out, but at the same time, how how much does like say a uh, Washington or a New England have to package to go all the way up to six. 
They would have to give up a pretty, pretty hefty package in order to get all the way up to six. I mean, they'd have to give up an awful lot to get up to seven. And the reason why they would have to give up so much is because they're moving up for a quarterback. So there's a premium that they have to pay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is totally off the wall. And this is this is wild. But what if the Dolphins went linebacker? And I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that it could happen, but. Zayvon Collins, like if I'm talking about like a guy that could be like a Cleveland Farrell, Zayvon Collins fits in that Miami scheme that Brian Flores runs. Yep. He he's he's 100% a guy who the Patriots would target at 15. Crazier things have happened, right? Like we are Lions fans. We have lived through Jelani Tavai in the second round. We have lived through overdrafting a linebacker. And the Miami Dolphins are clearly in a position where they have draft picks. They have capital. They can afford to maybe take a swing on a guy like Zayvon Collins and and kind of live with their skill position players. Ah, so I'm I, not saying it could happen. The, the the one thing I would say, though, is they have pick 18. Yeah, that was what they I was going to say, too. Like that's but yeah. Col- Collins does not get to 18. He does not get past the Patriots. But they also no. have the no, capital move. But no, but they also have the capital. If, if they're worried about that, they can move up from 18 and, and trade with like, I don't know, the Chargers or someone. They could also take Collins at six and get a wide receiver that is a first round wide receiver at 18. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that like if anything crazy happens in the draft, I think what the about, Dolphins are the I think the Dolphins are the biggest wild card. Sure, sure. But what about since we're talking linebacker, could you see them taking Micah Parsons then? Is he 250 pounds? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but but I, I ultimately like if we if if we're playing if we're playing the odds, I think they probably go wide receiver, right? And it's just I a matter so. of it's, it's a matter of who they have at the top of their board. Do you want to just say it's Jamar Chase? I, I kind of do only because like I don't I don't remember running our, our mock at any point and having the Lions on the clock with Justin Fields, Trey Lance and Jamar Chase all on the board, which is what we're staring down if they go with a guy like Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I mean, like I, I like the idea that they could go out an Alabama receiver. I think it, between the two, they might take Smith. Honestly, just because I think to a like again, we we don't value Smith because of his size, but I mean, man, you don't bang into the Heisman over nothing if you're a wide receiver. Um, like I know that's a college award, but I mean, he worked in the Alabama system and worked for him against SEC defenders. So I I don't know, it's weird, but yeah, no, I I'm with I'm with Jeremy. We're we're trying to do this in a logical realm. I think logically. If the Bengals pass on Jamar Chase, he immediately gets snapped up by Miami, even though I still think Miami trades down again. Yeah. All right. I just well, don't know who they trade with. Right. I mean, who knows? And the fact that there are two quarterbacks to me is like, well, do you do you wait then? Because you you don't you don't need to trade up. Like, let's say let's say you're the Broncos and there's two quarterbacks on the board at six. At, at that point, you're pretty sure the Dolphins aren't going to take one. You're not sure what the Lions are going to do. You're pretty sure the Panthers aren't going to take one. One might just fall to you. Let's let, let's let's have the Dolphins take take Chase because I feel like if someone trades up with the Dolphins and takes either Fields or Lance, we know who the Lions are drafting in that scenario. They're drafting Chase. You just run that that pick up there. True. I think it's more interesting if Chase is off the board because now the Lions have Lance, Fields, Waddle, Slater, Patrick Sertain, Devonta Smith all sitting there for them. 
this is this I would be going nuts at this point in the draft because I I I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they would do. Part of me wants them to just run the ticket up for Justin Fields and and suddenly we have a new exciting quarterback that that could set this franchise on an interesting future, but part of me is like trade the hell down. Like there's so much value on the board right now. Get the hell out of there and and accumulate a couple guys. And hell, like if you end up with Jalen Waddle at pick 12 or pick 11, that's freaking fantastic. That's almost an ideal scenario for me. Or Rashawn Slater, like Rashawn, Ryan, you've been a guy thumping the table for Rashawn Slater. He's easily the third, at least the the third best prospect on the board right now. That's how much talent there is right now. So if you can trade back and and still nab him, that's a big win. Yeah. And here's the thing about all these trade back scenarios. Those guys might not be there. Like Rashawn Slater would probably go eight to Carolina. Yeah. Jalen, Jalen Waddle could definitely go like 11 to New York. And I, I feel mean, like we've devalued Waddle a little bit. I, I, I feel like we've, we've all spent a lot of time talking ourselves out of why both the Alabama wide receivers just aren't as good as chase. And I think like we've devalued them, but sorry, go on, Ryan. No, I mean, dude, Waddle could have been the Heisman trophy winner if he didn't get hurt for you know, a yeah. few games. I mean, it's <sighs> this situation would absolutely be the toughest thing that, I mean, this might be the toughest decision that Brad Holmes has faced in his tenure yeah. as Lions GM. Like okay. this, this is more difficult than trading Matthew Stafford. This is more difficult than deciding whether or not you're going to put the franchise tag on Kenny Galladay. This is where, this is where like GM's careers get decided. Are, are mm-hmm. you passing on a potential franchise quarterback in either Justin Fields or Trey Lance to, to trade down? Or are you taking Jalen Waddle? Are you, are you making the ultimate safe pick by taking Rashawn Slater? This is a dis- this this is a decision that I am not interested in making at all whatsoever. No, it's 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 a minefield for myself. Like I, I, I've already, I, I I would say the the thing is for I I've already seen the lines trotted out that next year's quarterback class isn't good, and I think we've said before. That happens every year. We find reasons to like these quarterbacks. I guess the question is, let, let's leave Trey Lance aside because I think we all recognize Trey Lance is a bit of a project. Can the Lions miss on Justin Fields in this scenario? It's going to make some people upset. I wouldn't be one of them. The The only thing that would upset me about taking Fields or, is, is just passing on a trade down because I do. Mm-hmm. I just think in general, like Fields could bust. Any one of these quarterbacks could bust. And the 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 only way to you know, combat getting busted is to have as many picks in the draft. And like I said, the, the board is just so clean right now. There's so yeah, much value I, there. I would, if, if this was logical, I would say the lions trade down and I have someone in mind and I've had him in mind forever. And I I'm kind of giving away my best case scenario here. You trade down and you look and see if Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa is there. I think yeah. who I think is, People keep talking about Parsons. I think JOK is as good as Parsons. Maybe better. He's had more in-game scenario. No, no listen, it, it, there, there's, there's, some, there's some tweaking the eyes. In this, in, he has put up more. He is a better linebacker in coverage. And, in, and Parsons and JOK both played two years. They had about the same number of sacks. JOK has more tackles for losses as well on fewer tackles. He is a guy who just, he has good incredibly good fundamentals. He has some background being he's has some playtime at D at DB about safety and corner. He is, you know, tweener has been a bad word for a while, but 
I I just think, you know, he, he's got he's got the Dick Buckus Award, which besides a very funny name is like, again, you don't trip over that doing nothing, especially if you're a Notre Dame linebacker. Like, I just I don't know. I, I think Parsons sitting out a year and all of the issues with him aside that makes me very sour on him. The idea of the Lions trading back and getting JOK is still my ideal scenario. The last thing I want to say about any discussion we have when it comes to a trade back is that looking at the board here with Fields, Lance, Waddle, Rashawn Slater, then you start to get into defensive talent. Okay, you get into the Patrick Sertains of the world who honestly, like, if you're trading back past 12, you're not getting the top cornerback in the draft class because either the Cowboys or the Eagles are taking him. Yeah, okay. Sertain is going to go off the board immediately. J.C. Horn. Um However you feel about Parsons, um, here, here's what's going to happen. And we talked about this on our locker room podcast. Once you trade past 12, you're not getting one of these blue chip prospects anymore. Mm-hmm. So this really becomes a discussion of, do you want the Lions to take their potential franchise quarterback now? Or are you the belief that Jeremy is where it's, you know what? The Lions are in the, you know, they're, they're in the infancy of this rebuild. Do you just try to accumulate as many draft picks as possible? And if that's the case, you need to trade back with a team like Washington. You need to trade back with a team like Jacksonville, who you can just absolutely ransack and get tons and tons of talent. I mean, like, holy moly, if you want to take advantage of a situation, trade back with Jacksonville. They have tons and tons of draft picks in the top 100. Take take their second first round pick. Take their second round pick. Take take their third round picks. Take them for... But hey, you just got Trevor Lawrence. They have the potential to get Jalen Waddle with him. They have the okay, potential we, to get Devonta are, Smith with him. We are way over, so let's make the pick right now and let's let's leave yeah. trade scenarios aside. What are we doing? What? Well, yeah, if trades are aside, I'm running I'm running the card up for Justin Fields. I know we didn't really Me talk too. much about yeah. Trey Lance. I think Trey. I think both make sense. I mean, you're probably going to sit whoever for a year. So if you're worried about Trey Lance being a developmental so, prospect, me, who cares? You get a year to set him. Let, let me I, say, if we do have trade up there, who who's the trade partner? You got to settle on that. No. <laughs> I don't want the Eagles want to trade up. They traded back already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, discussion of whether or not you trade back or you trade way back. And I obviously I just you know, showed my hand and I said that the Lions should probably trade way back, but I'm with Jeremy. Justin Fields is the pick for me at seven if he's there. Yeah, I I even think I even think bigger about golf, but I feel like, you know, from everything we've seen from Fields and what we just talked about when it comes to the 49ers, if they're passing on Fields, like make that your benefit. And, and, and also, if, if you're the Lions and you're bad in 2021, you're not tipping your hand and you're not locking yourself into like, holy hell, we need a quarterback. The, the one last thing I want to say yeah. quickly on, on right. trade down scenarios is, is the way this played out. I think the only trade up, the only trade up candidates are going to be trading up for a quarterback. But let's say Panay Sewell doesn't go to the, the Bengals and instead they grab Jamar Chase and then the, the Dolphins go Jalen Waddle. Well, suddenly I think someone could trade up for Panay Sewell. But I would want Panay I'd Panay rather Sewell. trade down still because I'd rather take Panay Sewell. Are you kidding me? As Panay Sewell himself says, go and watch. I the would tape. rather take Rashawn Slater. So look at all of us idiots around a keyboard. <laughs> we are. And we are also 40 minutes in and we haven't taken our first break. This is going to be a mega sized POD cast. But guess what? It's draft season. It's draft again. And when we come back, Jeremy is going to try to 
we're going to try to do all seven rounds and it's going to be hell. Uh, but we're going to try to do it in hopefully less time than we did here. But uh, we're going to do all all the picks, mocking them, try to cut on the clock, time limit, no more angsting. We'll do it all next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. In the back of my Dragula. So we're back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, the draft again in 2021 as we finally close out a godforsaken year of just mock drafting with our own final mock drafts. We just did one to seven in depth, yelling at each other a lot about trading. We didn't let Jeremy trade. And now as penance, he is making us do all seven rounds for the Detroit Lions for however many picks they have. They don't really have a lot of picks on day three, Jeremy. But uh, we're still going to we're going to be on the clock drafting here. Yes. So the the general rules here is we're going to be using the draft networks mock draft machine. We're going to have exactly three minutes to decide on each pick. Um, we will I, I guess we'll say we will have an opportunity to do one trade throughout the entire draft. But again, mm-hmm. we have to get it in before that that three minutes, which means basically no counter offers, whatever the mock draft machine throws at us. We are either going to accept or decline and just get it done with. So are we skipping round one because we've already done it? Or are you just going to make nope. us do this from scratch? No, okay. we're, we're, we are going to do it all the way from scratch where the, the computer is the GMs for the top six teams. Not not us smart. Oh, people. that's bad. As I said on Draft Network before, we've seen the Jets miss on, on Zach Wilson. We could get something wacky. Let's Chris, go. the only thing I request from you is that you get the Randy Savage bone saw from Spider-Man one <laughs> drop where he says, I got you for three minutes. I got you for three minutes, brother. <laughs> All right, let's do this. All right. You guys ready? Yes. Let's fire it up. Here we go. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey wow. Lance, Jamar oh. Chase. And here comes the offers. We didn't no, see. No, you turn it down. You get Kyle Pitts right now. You turned like uh, wait, is Panay Sewell? We, we don't know if Pitts went uh, six or not. We got oh, the Patriots. Okay, at this point, I should start the timer. I suppose. There we go. All right, timer started. We got the Patriots offering the, their second and fifth to trade down to fifteen. We've got the Panthers offering their fourth and seventh to trade back one spot to eight, and we've got the Cowboys offering their third and fifth to move back to ten. I would entertain the the offer. Do you want to go back to eight? Because I feel like there's there's still, regardless of what's on the board, I think Sewell, Chase, like one of those is still there, right? Oh, okay. So my gosh. Chase oh my God. The, the, the Dolphins did what we said that they might and take a linebacker. They've taken Micah Parsons, which means Kyle Pitts is on the board. Panay Sewell is on the board. Trade <laughs> back to Carolina. Yeah, yeah trade, trade back to Carolina. Trade yes. back to Carolina. Trade back to Carolina right now. Again? Uh, a first, a fourth, and a seventh. All right. Let's do it. Panthers. Next. First. Four. What'd you say? Fourth and sixth? Fourth and a seventh. They don't have a seventh. Oh, Probably, yeah. I think it was the sixth. Okay, then, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see if we can get that. Let's do it. All right. Boom. Done. Send the offer. Let's see what we get. 
Panthers are evaluating. We just sent it to them. I hate this thing. Congratulations. Panthers accepted. They accepted right. their offer. Boom. Let's restart right. the clock here. We're good. Don't take Kyle Pitts. They'll take Kyle Pitts. We're not. Right. That, we no trade. trades. No, no more trades. They took Panacea. Kyle Pitts Kyle on the board. <laughs> I, do I even need to put the timer going? Are I mean, Slater is there. Mr. Rashawn Slater himself, Ryan Matthews. You're going to forsake your chosen man. <laughs> We get the best non-quarterback in the draft at eight? Come on! Yeah, I'm with him there. Take Pitts. The ESPN it's the pit stop, baby. Kyle Pitts has made it to eight, and the Lions have picked up a fourth and a sixth. Ryan is partying right now. Jeremy's got to be happy, too, because we traded down and still made it work. That's you, guy, you guys would be partying, too. You guys would be partying, too. Oh, fuck yes, I'm partying. Are you kidding me? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right. Mac Jones goes to the Broncos. Slater goes to the Cowboys as we move along. Uh, the Patriots settle for Devontae Smith. No quarterback in their future. We're just going to ignore all the trade requests from here on out. Yeah, they're asking to like mm-hmm. move up and or move back or get the Lions back in the first round, which would be cool because I've seen some guys on the board still. But true. There goes Zayvon Collins to the Packers. You hate to see it. Oh, yeah. No, I don't like that. Rondale Moore. Ah, the the Jets get J.O. We had a chance to trade up with Jacksonville, but all right, we're at pick 41 now. Jamin Davis Davis off the board. Oh, heartbreakers. That does hurt. All right, let me start the clock here. All right, clock has started. What positions do you guys want to look at here? We got well, Baron, okay. Baron Browning I, at linebackers. Baron good Browning, here. I've been pounding the table for him for a while as a as a day two pick. I don't know at forty one if that's where you want to take him, but I mean, if he's there and you want the talent, like hell yeah, Baron Browning's probably the best day two linebacker that's going to be there. What about the best offensive tackle on the board? Yeah, let's look at the offensive tackle. So it looks like we kind of had a run on him, if you want to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Sewell Slater, Darisaw, Tevin Jenkins, Alex Leatherwood, Samuel Cos- Cosme, and Liam Eichenberg all off the board. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't know. We we can get a, we can get a tackle on the third. third. Yeah, 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 I mean, I don't know if you're getting a starter when you're talking third round, but. Hey, you know what? A lot, Maybe these wide receivers aren't, a lot of these wide receivers aren't really interesting to me. Like I'm on St. Brown. I'm on Ross St. Brown could be interesting. Deami Brown could be interesting, but not with the 41st. Not when you just took a tight end. Um, yeah, I guess the tight end kind of takes it out of here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't really see any much safety. in corners or safeties either. I think is is a I, viable option. Here I'm going to keep I'm, I'm running it up for 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 Baron Brown. Honest. Uh, honestly, I'm between two players. Okay. Baron Browning or Asante Samuel Jr. Mm, yep, that's a, that's a good I think one. linebacker is the bigger need right now, to be honest. Like as I, much as I like Asante yeah. Samuel, like I'd rather shore up the. It, the, the it, it really depends on what you see as in Asante Samuel. I think I think some view him as, as a pure slot. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, the Lions need a slot corner for the future or just as much as they need a linebacker. Um, but a guy that can play both is also just as valuable, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they don't have a lot of depth at corner either, but they also don't have any depth at linebacker, especially after this no. season. So, I there's also, I, I mean, at linebacker, there's also Jabril Cox and Nick Bolton. Cox. If, if mm. yeah. I think there's going to be a run on linebackers here very soon. You either you get one now or because I think a lot of those guys are pretty highly graded on PFNs. If uh, Jamin Davis was here, he'd be the pick for me. Yeah, like, yeah. and no brainer. Just went right before. How much Sorry, time do we have? 50 seconds. Oh boy. Um, 
I'll keep I, pounding I, the table for Browning. I think I'm down with Baron Browning, although I'm I'm tempted to get Javon Hall in the safety out of Oregon as well. You like but, him more than Richie Grant? I do. Just in terms of fit. I mean, I, I the thing is, I like all three of these safeties, which means you might hmm. be able to take a chance and hope that one is there. Uh, I, I think I'll take that chance. Three. Let's I go. I'll ba- take that Baron chance. Browning. All right. Yeah. Baron Browning is the pick with just 20 seconds on the clock. Pick is in. Baron yeah. Browning. So our picks are Kyle Pitts and Baron Browning with eight and 41, where we got an extra fourth and an extra sixth as well from our trade down with the Panthers. The Lions are That'll getting athletic. Too. Forget all the trade. Forget, forget that. Forget that. All right. All right. Let's see this, any safeties off the board yet. No safeties off the board yet. So that's great news. Oh, for my Detroit. God. All these people asking to make. And there goes Jabril Cox off the board. Gregory Russo lasts until 60 is that's shocking to me. Yeah. There you go. Third. Finally, someone is listening. No safeties in the first two rounds. Hey, what I say, like, okay. Is Asante Samuel still there or did he just go off the board? I think he just went off the board. None of the safeties have come off the clock, off the board. Yeah. Asante Samuels is gone. Um, You got Tyson Campbell, Paulson Adebo, and Benjamin St. Juice. Benjamin St. Juice. List for the draft network. Um, Offensive tackle is something we thought about taking. Spencer Brown is there. Uh, Spencer Brown would be real tempting. Where's that next pick? Where do we pick next with the extra? um, I think it's still, we're still far down here. Um, I don't even know how you go see it, to be honest here. But yeah, Um, it's, well, no, your next pick is going to be at the end of third round. It's it's your compensatory 101. So we're, we're still about 30 picks out from our next pick. Just with the number of safeties still there, it's... I think, but I think safety is a bigger need than offensive tackle. I, I do. I just like Spencer Brown. Yeah. You're also, you're also, yeah. And I trust me, I love Spencer Brown. The guy has a ten ras. He's one of two players who has a ten ras in the entire draft class. He's also a project, so he wouldn't immediately fit in to be a starter. I, I'm with Jeremy. Like I think you can get a day one starter right now in in Richie Grant or Javon Holland. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could even double down on safety later. I think uh, Hufanga will still be there out of USC as well, but there's definitely mm-hmm. a chance to really get some safety help right now. Yeah, I, I th- best player available is a safety, right, Jeremy? I think so. Um, and according to the Draft Network's board, running back Javante Williams, is, but then Javon Holland and Jamar Johnson are both. I'd be happy with team. Holland. I'd be happy with Holland. Yeah, I mean, we're def- like if the board were to fall like this, we're definitely going to see a safety run. The only thing that we're doing here at this point is probably saying, well, we're probably not getting an off- a starting offensive lineman in this draft. Which is fine because I feel like there is. Uh, you're just not going to tackle everything, right? Like. No, you're not. You're not. And I feel like the offensive line there, there's some problems on the right side, but I I still think, I still think with the amount of needs, offensive tackle is a lower need than safety. Yeah, I agree. And, and listen, maybe, maybe Halapuli Vati Vaitai can be your bridge offensive tackle Mm -hmm. until until you find one next year. You're not going to fill every need. And you're going to have an extra pick next year too. If you don't trade up. How much time do we have left? We have uh, under a minute, about 50 seconds. I, let me make the case for Javon Holland, because I mean, I do like Richie Grant, but I think the case for Javon Holland is he has that versatility. He can play slot corner. He can play safety. He's not necessarily the bruiser that Grant can be, but I think that he might have the highest floor of any safety in the in the class. So, I mean, you're getting a potential starter at pick was 72. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with and, it. 
I like it. Yeah, I'm with it too. Uh, Twitch chat seems to be with Holland as well, so I feel like that's a consensus pick for everyone here. Let's go, Javon Holland. Mm -hmm. Javon Holland joins Kyle Pitts and Baron Browning as the Lions' first three picks in the draft. And there we go. Richie Grant goes two picks after Jamar Johnson, a couple picks after that. So there's that safety run we were expecting. We can go Spencer Browns, the the Raiders. Raiders. That is very unlikely to happen given the Raiders (laughs) current history with their offensive line right now. But okay, Stone Forsyth goes as well. Benjamin Saints goes. Divine Diablo went at 84. So I'm really glad that we took a safety. Yeah, that's (laughs) a good point. And there goes another safety. goes. Linebacker, we don't need one, but yeah. All right, so lines are back right, where on we the clock. <clears throat> Let me turn the timer back on here. All right. Let's take a look at the top prospects. Kenneth Gainwell, Hunter Long, Marlon Tuya, Tuya, oh my gosh. Tuipuloto. Tuipuloto, yes, out of USC. Once again, Twitch chat has already accused me of USC Trojan bias right now, but as an interior defensive lineman in the, uh, you know, I pick 101. Hmm? Can you switch you from need- the predictive board, Jeremy, to the yeah. rankings? Yep. Thank you. Is there a position yeah. you want to look at here? Oh, man. Uh, cornerback? I mean, if you want to look at offensive line here, Robert Hennessy out of, out of Notre Dame, Josh Ball out of Marshall, Dan Moore Jr., Walker Little out of Stanford. I think, so Walker Little is a really interesting prospect, right? Because Walker Little mm-hmm. was like widely viewed as maybe the best tackle that was going to be in this, like in the 2020 draft class. Um, prior to the 2019 season, but then he dealt with injury and yep. he has all the physical traits, but like he didn't play in 2020. Yep. Uh, he barely he played in 2019. Yep. Yeah, he, he declined to go to the senior bowl. So like you're drafting a guy purely on projection. And I think at mm-hmm. maybe one one that might be a little early for him. Yeah. Can I see the uh, in- since I just said interior defensive lineman, what what is that looking like right now? Because the Lions do need some help. On yeah. the front three, front four. So Tyler Shelvin is there out of LSU, and he's Alan McNeil is also there out of NC State. And yep. then we talked about Tupoloto. To uh, I, I now I'm even struggling with the name. Um, yeah. So also, I mean, there's, there's some good options here for, for Lions, like. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say the Lions have t- three picks in the next twelve. They have one twelve and one thirteen. We're currently at one hundred one. What about wide yeah, receiver? I know we I know we haven't taken a wide receiver. We took Kyle Pitts, but. Yeah, I don't know if Not there's great. really anybody. I don't know. Out. There's there's some there's some like yeah. I don't think the there's some de- there. Yeah, I, there's yeah. some developmental guys like Anthony Schwartz there for for out of Auburn who's uh has a lot of athletics, but they they would all be projects at this point. And as you say, Ryan, this isn't the point where you take projects just yet. I, I think I'm willing to take a risk on Walker Little. Call me crazy. I kind of want to get a defensive lineman to be honest. I I, I think I think Alan McNeil would be. Uh, I think he's probably closest to NFL ready. He, well, yeah, I mean, he's a pure nose, so those tend to yeah. translate pretty well, but they, you also tend to be able to get them a little a little later in the draft. We're at 30 seconds, though, so we right. got to make a decision here. Uh, he, here's the thing. I'm fine with taking McNeil right now because he's so high on the board that I think mm-hmm. we can get Walker Little at one yeah, of the I, picks I that are coming up. Okay. All right. We'll take let, a let no one accuse me of USC bias again. I'm taking an <laughs> NC State kid over, over a Trojan. All right, we get it in with just about 10 seconds left. Aleem McNeil is the pick at 101. There he goes. All right, let's see who goes in between. There goes running back Ty, Tyree Gillespie, another safety. JT Fele went off the board. I didn't even see that. There goes Fele, Tupoloto. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. No Trask offense. goes to the Bengals. Okay. Interesting. This is uh, a weird uh, machine, but okay. All right. We got back-to-back picks here. 112 and 113. Um, we got to pick two guys here. And let's I'm, just I'm, yeah, let's use the time limit to our advantage. We know that we're taking Walker Little with one of these two picks, right? Okay. All right. And so that would get our offensive line need out of the way. We have tight end linebacker safety interior defender also already out of the way. We could go wide receiver here. We could go corner here. If you want to look at corners, Sean Wade out of Ohio state is a guy that we've talked about a ton would be mm-hmm. a little bit of a risk because his 2020 mm-hmm. season was so bad, but that 2019 season at the slot um, maybe projects him either at the slot or at safety as, as a potential good guy. I mean, this Can was I a guy who thought was going to be a first round pick last year. Suddenly. Can I see- go ahead. Sorry, can I see wide receivers? Uh, Frank Darby, Seth Williams. Once again, all those Auburn guys are still there. Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz. Um, I, I know on another, uh, not on a podcast, but on a mock draft, we've talked about She Smith as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like this is maybe the time, like, because we're about to hit another golf. Uh, there's some good some good options maybe for wide receivers to add an extra weapon that could maybe play alongside Kyle Pitts in a year or two? Potentially. I mean, I don't not, There's not really one guy that, that sticks out to me there. Ooh, Darius Washington is there. I mean, if we, if we wanted to double up at safety, Andre Cisco is not a bad option or mm-hmm. our Darius Washington or um, Fonga. Yep. Oh man. There's a lot of value. Ambry Thomas at Michigan is a guy that, that a lot of people like the draft network has him pretty high on the board, getting good value at this point. What about know. also I, I you took him in your mock draft, Jeremy, but Cade Johnson, he would mm-hmm. offer not only a guy who could fit in in the slot early on in his career, but he could also be a return specialist. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and yeah, the, that that remains a need, I think, even yeah, and- with Kyle Pitts, although I mean, now you have Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson who could play kind of the slot role as well. Small school for him, too. So he's he's definitely one of those guys who has a lot more upside because you just don't know what he's, you know, he's he's really capable of because he's played at the uh, only at the FCS level. True. Let let's let's grab Walker Little and then figure out who we're taking at 113. Okay, let's take Little. Right. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> Walker Going Little long, has man. been drafted. Let me reset the clock here. All right. Clock is underway. We got an offensive lineman now. Might be able to start if we get a little lucky with those injuries. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What are you guys thinking? What position is there a position, a guy that stuck out to you in our, in our I think we want to start a look at wide receiver. I kind of like what we were talking about. Try to find a guy who could play in the slot. Okay. Um, what do you think? Kate, do I we forget which. Kate? We want to go super athletic in Anthony Schwartz. I was going to say Anthony Schwartz. I forget. Did Anthony Schwartz do any um, special teams play? I don't know if he did. Um, but he is, as you say, he is beyond athletic. Yeah, I mean, crazy athleticism there. Um, let me check really quick if I have some special team stats from him. Yeah, um, but I like the K. Johnson scenario, uh, such, uh, suggestion to Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think K. Johnson's an interesting prospect from, you know, the standpoint that, you know, like you said, went to a small school, um, he was a no star recruit out of high school. Um, and all grit. Uh, you know, this is an all grit pick. If we take K Johnson, yeah, I mean, this saying. is, this is a guy who had like 67 catches in 2018, 72 catches in, in 2019 and their fall season got canceled. So he opted out of the, you know, the spring season, but I mean, he's, he's got acceleration burst right off the line. 
Um, he's undersized, but I, I think that he could be like a dependable slot option for sure. And also he figures into the talk- return game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does feel a little bit early to take a, a wide receiver, the, the wide receivers that are, these are, are just free picks here. now. These are, these are from the, these are from the Panthers uh, dr- True. Um, trade. True. But you don't want to waste them. Um, the, the, the issue is that we aren't picking until, you know, early in the fifth round. Yeah. We're, I, we're good 30, 40 <laughs> picks away from our next pick. I just feel like, well, a we're once again, the segment's going long, but um, B like, I, I, I don't know. I just like Kate Johnson. I feel like we've got a lot of our other meat and potatoes needs done that I feel like uh, I, I, and again, we, as we talked about before, there are no wide receivers on more than a one year deal right now. True. And Kyle Pitts isn't lining up at the wide out. Not, not every snap, not every snap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll go with it then. Kate Johnson from South Dakota state. You are the lions. Second, fourth round pick. Yeah, if this if this pans out, then great. You've got two big receiving threats for um, for the future. And True. you've got a, you've got some help on special teams, too, with Kate Johnson. All right. So let, let's kind of while we're waiting for the next pick to come up for the Lions, what kind yeah. of position do we think we're targeting here? We've already addressed the offensive line. We've addressed the defensive line in terms of getting a nose tackle. Addressed linebackers safety. I, I think, I think secondary still could use another body or two. I'm thinking yeah, this is, this is where you definitely, definitely want to double up and get some projects. And I mean, you, you have a coaching staff, right? That is, that specializes in corners. Um, so as many young, throw as many young guys at, mm-hmm. at Eric Glenn as you, as you possibly can. All right, let's see what we got then. Sean Wade there. So our Darius Washington is still there out of TCU. And that, that could be interesting. I think that's a bit of a fall for our Darius too. Like I, I thought he was a lot. I always kind of saw him as like a day two talent, but I, I don't know. Sean Wade is still there from Ohio. Sean State. Wade is still there. Yeah. That. Um, not not a ton of uh, other value at at see at, at corner or at Trey yeah, Brown corner. at corner, but yeah, I'm not seeing a ton there in terms of the the draft networks board. Jonathan Cooper, an edge guy. We haven't we haven't talked about edge at all, but that's certainly something the Lions could upgrade. They have a bunch of young guys that were still are still kind of in wait and see mode, but I don't like. I'm not really expecting a ton out of a guy like uh, why can't I think of his name? Drafted a couple of years ago. Oh, geez. The edge guy Sorry. that isn't Julian O'Quara. Austin Bryan. Austin, Austin Bryan. Yeah, there I'm you not go. expecting a ton of, from Austin Bryan at this point. I think, I don't, I'm not saying the ship is completely sailed on there, but I don't think you can just yeah. point him and be like, oh, he's going to, you know, grow and, and be great. So I think edge is something that you, you want to consider here. Yeah, and I, I, I could be talked in either Weaver or Cooper. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Cooper um, from Dane Brugler's draft guide, he projects him as like a sixth or seventh round pick, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that, that's kind of getting a little bit too early. I know the draft network's a little bit higher on him, but um, he seems to be from from Brugler's standpoint uh, rushes with more energy than sequence or skill. But um, you know, he he labels him as, as as having a fighting chance in the NFL and projects as a rotational rusher. So he seems kind of like a straight line get after the quarterback guy. Didn't they just go out and get Charles Harris? Yeah. All right. Uh, the pick is the pick due. Chat saying the pick is due, but I suddenly uh, I see you put some no, more time on. The I, did, I didn't start the timer on time, ah. uh, so we're gonna pretend that uh, there's a minute and a half left. We should wrap this up because once again we're gonna go another thirty minutes on this. Do we want to just then you know go Sean Wade? We've talked about him enough. 
Let's do I it. I like that pick. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, I like that. More like secondary that. depth. And yeah, I mean, he projects as either, you know, a slot only corner or potentially playing the safety position. And I know the Lions in this draft, we got Javon Holland. But I mean, is it so bad that you get two guys? Nope, not at all. All right, we're going to wait. Pick? No, we got one more. Uh, we got a sixth rounder from our trade with the Panthers. So we're going to wait. So let's for that go over this again. We've got Kyle Pitts in the first round after a trade down with the, with, with the Panthers. One spot. Uh, Baron Browning, linebacker at 41. Javon Holland, safety at 72. Those are your three kind of like right away starters. Alan McNeil, Walker Little, Cade Johnson, Sean Wade. And now here comes pick 193. Top people on the board, according to the draft network, a bunch of uh, edge guys. Dalen Hayes out of Notre Dame, Chauncey Golston out of Iowa. William Bradley King is right up there as well. Um, if, if we wanted to triple dip on a, on a receiving threat, um, Houston's Marquez Stevenson is, is the top guy available. Daz Newsom out of North Carolina. Austin Watkins out of UAB are all there. Um, I kind of like Dalen Hayes. You're, you're definitely not picking for need here i don't think at this point so even if the lines were to triple up on a receiving threat i don't really care but i think edges is, is definitely something to consider and yeah dalen hayes I, I would consider for sure yeah he had i think three sacks last year uh he i think he even had an interception and two forced fumbles uh i, I know he got hurt i think I, I forget when he got hurt he did use a but he's been at notre dame since 2016 so he's a he's kind of been he's been there a long while you're getting him at age 22 um but, you know, he was in the senior bowl. He if I remember, he did decently in the senior bowl. I I I, I, th- I think I could like that. Add another Notre Dame uh, edge rusher alongside the Aquara and uh, see how he does. See if he can develop. Chat's a huge fan of Tennessee's Josh Palmer. Uh, wide receiver. Mm. Wanna, uh, triple dip. It, it's cheating because the draft network has him rated as like the 313th best prospect and they're out of their <laughs> minds. But like Josh Palmer would be an awesome pick here because and, and I'll tell you why Josh Palmer would be an ex- excellent pick is you have a wide receiver like Kay Johnson, who's primarily going to operate out of the slot at the NFL level. You have Kyle Pitts, who's yes, he can flex out. He can maybe play X. He can play Z. You can kind of line him up all over the place. But like Josh Palmer is a legitimate outside threat who could eventually develop into like a starter. I mean, this is a guy who I would almost kind of put in the same vein as Kenny Galladay, because I think Josh Palmer is going to be more like a late third, early fourth round pick. And that's right about where Kenny Galladay was taken, too. So um, I, I like Palmer a lot. I mean, these and, are all these we, when you're in the sixth round, these are all kind of long shots anyway. So I don't mm-hmm. mind triple dipping. Yeah, and we're not I, even I, technically triple dipping because Kyle Pitts is a tight end. Right. I, I think I think. Josh Palmer, just out of realism and the fact that we're, we've already got two receiving threats. Um, let, let's let's spice it up with another position here. I don't, I don't care which okay. one. I mean, I even have the, the running backs highlighted right now. That's how much I don't care about what position they take here. Chubba Hubbard's there. Jarrett Patterson is a man. Yeah. Tell me. Oh, about yeah. Him. You want to know about Jarrett Patterson? That At guy. Buffalo. His his He's game. A literal Buffalo. He, <laughs> so this season. Uh, he played against Kent State, right? Um, 409 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah, he had a big game. He had some big games, and he he is he is a he has a pass catching running back too. He kind of fits. He would be a good fit to maybe you know just if you develop him or you know again sure. the, the thing is like you've got three running backs set. Maybe if you want to have a fourth and develop Patterson, I could see that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, mean, teams definitely teams very often carry four running backs on a roster. Plus, carry on Johnson probably not on the team after next year. Um, you know, Jamal Williams is only signed to a two year deal. I'm fine with taking a developmental running back yeah. here. Jared okay. Patterson, baby, come on! Well, we got seven seconds, so let's we go. We did a mock draft in which we took a running back. Can you believe it? There it is. Six rounds about where you want to take a running back. That is your mock draft. For our speed mock of quote unquote speed, I don't. It didn't really speed feel mock that. as we clock in this segment at twenty eight minutes. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, final thoughts here from this draft. We're going to give you best case scenarios, worst case scenarios, bold predictions, and I think Ryan wants to rant about the uh, the draft season in general because I think it's all made us all insane. So we're going to take a break, yak it up with chat, and we'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Wrapping up draft again in 2021, all blood, no bone here. Mm, coming to you at the Ford Theater, Ford uh, Community Arts Theater. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, we've got to we got to wrap this up. We've been going long. We want to give you all the stuff. And again, join us on Thursday night for round one live twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. It is always our biggest night of the week. It is a goddamn party. We have fun. Join us. You, you want to be a part of this. There will be a podcast afterwards, but when it's when we do it live, we do it live. Guests, mustaches, excitement, trade, a blue mustache, tight ends, wide receivers, quarterbacks, all running there. backs. No, no, running backs are not invited. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we get to the the rapid fire segment of this show. As we wrap things up, we've got bold predictions, best case, worst case scenarios, rants. Let's start with bold predictions. Uh, bold prediction for either the Lions or the draft in general. So I'm going to let Jeremy go off the top rope here. What you got? Bold. I mean, really bold, really spicy, really, really picante. Bold prediction, the Detroit Lions will not address wide receiver until pick 101. I think they, okay. I think, I think they go offensive line early, and then I think they hammer defense with a couple picks, try to get speedy on that side of the ball, and then they wait a little bit for wide receiver because, I listen, we, we all know that wide receiver is a huge need, but they have guys that can play this year. And so it's a need that, that if the value isn't there when they're picking, they can kick it down the road. Okay. Um, I'm going to make a prediction about the draft in general right now. I believe someone is going to draft a punter before the seventh round, which sounds psychotic to me, but apparently Max Duffy, an Australian who played at Kentucky last year, I've seen getting some like fifth or even sixth round grades. I don't think teams think like that, but the fact that I said Australian in there, NFL teams get really weird when you tell them, hey, we've got an Australian who wants to punt for you. Ooh, I think Max Duffy is going to get drafted by an NFL team and it's going to be before round seven. Someone asked me for my Mr. Irrelevant. He was that for me at first with the, with the 300th whatever final pick. But as I started looking into him, uh, I think he might generate more than that. Max Duffy is a great name for the bully on some sitcom 
It's a great Australian name too, Max Duffy. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm not known for having bold predictions. I think this goes back to like 2017 <laughs> when uh, I was tasked with writing a bold prediction article for, for the Lions draft. And uh, I remember I submitted my article and Jeremy was like, this is about as lukewarm as, as it can get. Um, but here's my quote unquote bold prediction for the Detroit Lions. They do not double up at any position Ooh, in the really? 2021 NFL draft. Not bad. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it, it's getting warmer, but like, I don't think that that's like, I don't think that's like, oh man, like, did you hear what Matthew said on the podcast? I don't think it's anything like that, but I don't think that they draft two wide receivers. I don't think they draft two safeties. I don't think they draft two tackles. Um, I don't think they double up on any position, even if they move back and they accumulate more draft picks, I don't think that they double up at any position in the draft. Let me be, let me be clear about one thing. Let me correct you on one thing you said, uh, listener here. If you're listening to the pride of Detroit POD cast, you need to go as soon as you hear that. And tomorrow you need to go to the water cooler. If, if you're still in a state where they have a mask mandate, make sure your mask is up, make sure you're six feet apart, whatever you got to do. But you tell the people around the water cooler, oh my God, did you hear what Ryan Matthews said on the Pride of Detroit POD <laughs> cast? You, you will do that because that's how we generate the buzz. We grow the empire. Wildfire. That's how we become the most reviewed podcast for Lions <laughs> in the world. And then, and then the other person at the water cooler is says, who's Ryan Matthews and what, who cares? Like what? And that's when you lean and you say back is the mother effing rock God. (laughs) That's when you say senior editor of Pride of Detroit, you (laughs) dingus. All right. Best case, worst case scenarios. I would say my best case scenario is pretty close to what we ran in, in the very first segment, which is there are a bunch of quarterbacks available and then the Lions get a, a, a ransom of picks. We, we've seen these trades in the, in the, in the top 10 in, in history and teams just completely get fall in love with the quarterback and pay a King's ransom for him. I want that to finally happen to the lions. This is a perfect opportunity for it to happen. So I think the best op, the, the best case scenario is a guy like Justin Fields or Trey Lance falls to them or both falls to them at seven and they find a team that's in love with them and, and pick up, you know, at a minimum, three picks between day one and day two. I want to springboard off of Jeremy's best case scenario, because while that is great, I think what makes it even better is if the Lions are able to move back, they can still end up with like a blue chip prospect. Like, sure. say they move back to 12. I, I'm i not crazy about Jalen Waddle. Like, I think he's really good. I would kind of just be like meh with the pick like it, it doesn't get me like uber excited like something like uh, uh, I don't know like Kyle Pitts would get me but if the Lions can move back get some extra draft capital on day two maybe even early on day three and they still get like Rashawn Slater or they get Jalen Waddle, some blue chip prospect that squeaks out of the top 10 that would be like a best case scenario for me I will agree with you there because like my only other best case scenario, (laughs) sorry, I have like a tickle in my throat, uh, would require certain teams to act irrationally. And we were talking about that before. That could be true with the Bengals. They could just say, you know what? We don't need Panay Sewell. We don't need someone to keep uh, uh, Joe Burrow from getting another ACL tear. Let's go get his, his buddy, Jamar Chase. And somehow Sewell is there at seven. That would, but that's, that's a little, uh, irregular. I think I'm with Ryan in that, 
best case for me is trading down to a 12, 15, 19. And for me, I would like to, again, see Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I know he's a little undersized, but he has everything. He has every tool, every fundamental you want out of a linebacker that can do everything for you. And I would want Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa and the trade back value. I'm I'm so glad to hear that you guys have finally come around to being team trade down in all situations. Don't get used to this. Scenarios. Don't get used to this. <laughs> Do you like honestly, if I was Brad Holmes though, and if I was tasked with trading back with both Justin Fields and Trey Lance at seven and having to trade back, like that's honestly a coin flip. Seriously. That that is such a hard decision to make. Like yeah. I was trying to think of how many general managers get to pass on franchise quarterbacks and keep their jobs. I can't imagine not many of them. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of them lose their jobs by trying to pick a franchise quarterback and not getting it right. Fair fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going blue tonight. All right, worst case scenario. I don't know how realistic this is, but I think if the lines trade up for a quarterback, that's pretty bad. It's the antithesis of everything Jeremy it stands is. for. And listen, like I, I understand the the eagerness to get a quarterback out of this year's class. Everyone says next year's class is horrible, which again, I think that's too early to say, but let's say they're right. Um, and the lines just get too eager. Maybe, maybe three go, maybe four go off the board and they fall in love with Mac Jones. I, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm not going to say that's worst case scenario, but if the lines get eager uh, for a guy like Justin Fields and see him either. I mean, what if the lines pulled a Mitchell Trubisky and, and traded up one spot to protect themselves from getting jumped and, and grabbed Trey Lance and it doesn't work out. That to me is the nightmare scenario. Um, I think I think when you're at seven and you have so many needs, you got to just at least let the board fall to you as it does and get the best guy available. And we've already heard Brad Holmes say he's comfortable with a with a cluster of guys at seven. Hopefully he sticks to that and doesn't trade up because I think that would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. Chris, I feel like I know what your worst case scenario is. And I think I might jump out ahead of it right now, but Micah Parsons at seven would be just a doomsday scenario for me. And it, I mean, it goes beyond the character issues um, for me. I mean, obviously that's a huge point of emphasis that cannot be, um, cannot be understated by any means, but I think it just comes back to this draft class is so top heavy and obviously offensive that if the Lions want to swerve, because I've even heard people in passing, like people, people that I work with, like, you know what? The Lions should go defense because everybody wants to go offense in the first 10 picks. It's like everybody wants to go offense in the first 10 picks because that's where all the value is. I don't think that the Lions need to like play, you know, three dimensional chess and need to, you know, <clears throat> draft a draft a defensive player in the top 10. Um, so I, Drafting Micah Parsons at seven is just such a reach in terms of value to me. And it definitely sends the wrong message for a, for a franchise that's trying to build itself off of um, high character talent. The the one thing I want to say really quickly about the, I, I don't, I don't really adhere to the positional value of linebacker not being worth it, but I will say that teams have not been historically pretty good about assessing how good linebackers are. And I do take to your point that I think the Lions at 41 could get a guy who might turn out just as good as Micah Parsons right yep. there. You know, if Jamie Davis falls, you know, or, or Zayvon Collins, like those guys are also very talented guys that, that they might get at a better value. And I think that's different than like the conversation that happens at wide receiver. Like yeah. obviously like 
Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, those guys are in a different class than the type of receiver that you'd get at 41. I don't see that type of disparity between Parsons and the other linebackers in the top of the class. I feel like I need to come out to something to uh, our audience about why I don't like Micah Parsons. And again, I don't think there's any value where I would be happy with Micah Parsons. Um, I'll be honest, I've been struggling to try to tell this story. And to be honest, you know, I just having this conversation with Jeremy about whether or not I put this story into writing. And I think I do need to do that at some point. When I was a pre-adolescent, I was sexually assaulted um, by an older man. It took me a very long time to come to terms with it. It took me a very long time to, as you can tell right now, I'm still not really uh, comfortable talking about it. it, is a vulnerability about myself that I've had to really deal with. And I think last time I was on Twitch chat, it almost kind of came out. It was something that uh, I, I think I saw some messages in chat where I was like, I kind of needed to do this at some point. The last three years with a man like... Matt Patricia at the helm of this team was very brutal for me. Um, it, it's brutal because these are kind of shared experiences. Um, we talk about struggle with this kind of trauma. We talk about how these things um, get shared just in general about, you know, we, we, make, we make a joke out of things like trigger warning and everything these days. Um, but it does come back. It comes flooding back when you're least expecting it. And I, I know there was not everyone stays a victim for their entire life. There's ways over this stuff. But when you're dealing with football, it's a rough patch because I think there is a cult of, look, I just want to win. You know, you hear that from the fan. I just want to win. And, you know, when we had, you know, my friend Megan, who's another survivor on our uh podcast about three years ago when we discussed we were the only Lions podcast that really went out there to discuss the accusations about Matt Patricia and then they were kind of very ruthlessly shoved under the rug and it was a very quick reminder about how quickly those things uh, just die how quickly those things are just forgotten because we need to be able to tell people hey you know what what about the future man what about winning ball games and that's where I feel on Micah Parsons I don't want to do this again. I just did this for three years where my some some weeks I would come in and my interest in talking about this team would be utterly drained because of the man in charge of this team. And I wanted to write at the time the words didn't come out. I wanted to write during all those three years about Matt Patricia and this pain. And the words wouldn't come out. And then when he was gone, I was like, all right, well, we're just I'm just kicking the dog when it's down here. Right. Like there, there's there's no honor in that. And I don't want to hold it off until after if the Lions do draft Micah Parsons, because that's just vulturing and setting myself up for more death threats, which I got death threats after that Matt Patricia podcast. I don't want to do this again. I'm not saying that I will walk away from watching the Lions. I'm not saying that um, that I will give up on a project that's outlasted all these guys, but it will hurt. It will hurt. It will be nagging in the back of my brain. And it is a conflict. It is a conflict. Honestly, I don't want to deal with. And if this team is right when they talk about culture, if this team is right when they talk about good character guys, if this team is right that 
this is more than just about winning ball games. I want to see that put into I want to see that put into into action here. I, I do. I, I don't want Parsons. Not at seven, not at fifteen, not at eighteen, not at three hundred and seventy-four. I don't want Micah Parsons. There, there's enough stuff out there. Jeremy linked to a lot of it. These aren't just, I, I think Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus said it best. Like these aren't just random veiled accusations either. These are credible sources with a lot backing, uh, a lot of backing to them with a lot of reasons to not doubt the accuser. Now you can't say for certain, and we can't, certainly can't say it here because then we'd be crossing over into murky legal territories. Not that I think anyone would come over a, a small podcast like us, but it, it, it matters. It, it, it really matters. And we keep using this term character issue, which is very flattening and we shouldn't do it. And um, I know I'm just one person. I know, you know, as is often the case, the feelings of the many, not the needs of the many, but the feelings of the many get to sweep aside the needs of the few. And it's, it's a very helpless feeling you get when you have to deal with that. And I would hope someone out there is listening and hears me on this because I don't want Micah Parsons. I don't want what he's involved with. I don't want he, what, what he stands for. And if you want to talk about the football side of things, I think Jeremy and Ryan have summed that up very well that I can't do because my emotions have now run roughshod. And I damn well apologize for bringing down what is supposed to be a celebration here. I just, I was sitting here and I just finally realized it wasn't just, I've been, um, I'll probably regret this tomorrow, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm done. You don't need to apologize. We, it's an important perspective that I don't think a lot of people ever get to hear. And for, 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 the, for the matter to Jeremy, I've told both Jeremy and Ryan in private uh, in past years too, but it's not something I've, it's something I've dealt with trying to decide if I'm ever going to tell anyone publicly. Um, and it just kind of came out. So I guess it's out there now. You're muted, Ryan. Sorry. I had, I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't interrupt Chris. Um, <laughs> But in, in all in all seriousness and in, in earnest, I think it's a it's a courageous thing uh, to do because it, um, you know, it lets other people know that they can share their stories, too. Yep. And uh, I think there's there's strength and there's there's power in that. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And thanks, chat. Right now, I see. Uh, um, quite a bit of pouring out and again it means a lot um i don't really know how to go around continuing to tell uh how i can tell the story um some people i've told it to in my life have just kind of brushed past it which i guess is kind of normal but for some people a lot closer to me it's like i didn't even tell them to it uh tell them the story and it's uh it's it's alienating it's hellishly alienating i can't imagine what a guy like humphreys goes through who wasn't even he didn't even face the full brunt of this. And yet he's seen his coaches and his old teammates turn against him because he wasn't he wasn't just going to go along with it and be and be violated. So I just I have no love for Parsons. I have nothing I can really share that is good about the man. I know that's not logical. I know that's putting myself in there. And as Americans, we like to say that we like to be reasonable. We should we say, put aside your emotions and think about what's reasonable. Think about what's realistic. Be pragmatic. I can't really do that. And I hope I hope I, uh, like there's more to this life than just winning a football game. 
There are there are morals. There there is. Uh, I, I'm Catholic, so I believe in your immortal soul, <laughs> and I believe in trying not to damn my immortal soul. But at the at at, at the at the risk of preaching a little bit, there is more than just putting up a win. Uh, and I and again, just just even the prospect that Micah might get you a win in the win column. It's not a guarantee. Just but, but you want to take that lottery shot on someone who is just a foul human being who has been unapologetic at every turn. And again, I don't want to preach hell, fire and brimstone. It's just I don't want to deal with it again. I don't. I, I Again, I just sat through three years of pain figuring out how to cover this team when a, when a guy who was indicted by a grand jury was the coach. And I just don't want to do it again for however long a Parsons would be. I don't. There, there's certainly other paths to winning that don't include Micah Parsons. <laughs> yeah, I just. Thanks. Sorry. I know I brought down the podcast. Um, we will apologize for that at some point. You shouldn't. Let me... <laughs> you shouldn't. Let's. Oh, you. Sh- I thought you said you, you should at first. <laughs> no, you should not. You should not. You should not apologize. Right. And, and I don't care if, you know, if. if I, I can't imagine anyone sending any hate stuff after that because that, that would be absolutely ridiculous. And I would I would publicly pub very, very publicly destroy them. <laughs> not, not I mean, it's in any of, harmful way. Yeah, it, it is kind of it, it sounds stupid. This is the fear. This this was the fear of me trying to write something about it for a long time, too, was like. Because, again, I saw our reaction after that Patricia podcast. So but again, this has been long enough. Um. I've made it about myself for a very long time now. So I want to get back and uh, do some funny stuff because I feel that's where we're best. I just wanted to get this out and uh, thank you all. You've been amazing. Um, Let's rant about draft season, shall we? (laughs) Ryan transitions us out of this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Ryan. You've had this rant say before this and you didn't realize that this was the day the floodgates were going to open holy crap i'm sorry <laughs> i'm just glad that draft season's about to be over the next time that we do a podcast we don't have to talk about the draft and hopefully we don't have to talk about micah parsons so no oh, we're definitely gonna um, talk about the draft <laughs> sorry well, to say well draft results we, though we we don't here's the thing so like who is um i think it's bill burr who does like a really good bit about like the nfl draft where he's like why like why even pay attention to it like it's just gonna like the the draft is gonna happen just like show up like on sunday and like you're in the same position as anybody is friday through sunday like those people just watch the entire parade like you you just get to like actually fast forward it and watch it on like a speed loop um as as the you know as the uh the way you would want to watch it um but i'm just so over like the overanalyzing and it's just, it's, it's reached. I I think the tipping point for me was truly today with Kyle Shanahan and, (laughs) and his, his existentialism, his, his talk about like being okay. And this comes back to the very top of the podcast. Let's put a bow on it here. Right. Is that like, if, if Kyle Shanahan was truly okay with any of the five quarterbacks trading up to three was, just a stupid move. It was dumb. It was, it was, it was completely prisoner of the moment because it was, Hey, let's move all the way up to three because three is the pick we need to get. And, um, I don't know. I'm just happy that 
by the time we talk about the draft on this podcast, we're actually going to be able to actually have something to talk about. We're not just like shooting the shit. We're not just like throwing darts at a board, right? Like we will actually have like, hey, these guys might fit here. And it's not these guys might fit here if they might get drafted by this team. So that I'm looking forward to actually starting to putting the puzzle pieces together rather than acting like I have any idea what I'm doing. Fair enough, Jeremy. <laughs> no, I don't. I, don't I know have Jeremy. Any... I know Jeremy hates Listen, this time of year. Oh yeah, no, I I am with you. I would love for us all to just sit on our hands from January first to April twenty seventh or whatever it is, and just be like, "Hey, I wonder what's going to happen." Oh, they picked this these guys. Let's go do some research on them now. Like that would be an ideal scenario for me. Plus, it would give me three months of vacation, which would be amazing. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no. I mean, the whole draft thing is 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 a bloated weird thing where like we all get tired of it by the beginning of april i think and then sometimes something weird happens where the dolphins trade up and down and whatever and and we all get excited for another couple days but in the end listen i know a lot of people love the draft and i love a lot of people love to scout their own players and, and trust their own eyes and things like that and i'm not trying to take anything away from you but I don't know. For me, you do it so many times. You see so many people get it wrong. You see so many people on Twitter convinced they know everything and say, there's no way in hell he lasts the second round. And then he does. And you never hear from him again. I'm just tired of it all. I, I love the day after the draft because it's a time it's, it's the furthest away from the next draft. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Well, let me put it this. Let me, let me, let me go to the counter side. You guys are psychotic. I love this time of year. I love watching everyone lose their damn minds. I love how draft season. I I love what draft season does to you kind of guys. All right. The guys who need to know everything. And I love what it does to guys like Adam Schefter, who just is just a spigot for just the worst kind of BS and sell jobs imaginable. All right. This is this is this is the time of year. HP Lovecraft couldn't make a better a better story about losing yourself to insanity. This time of year makes everyone psychotic. All for what? Over is who are just barely in their 20s, who may or may not be good for a game of football. I love it. I love every I, I don't want to read mock drafts, but I cheer every time I see a new mock draft because I know it's going to dra- drive someone psychotic. This is trolling season. This is trolling season. Abolish the draft. Redistribute the wealth. <laughs> Let college players sign that's with what whatever team they choose. Ryan, that's the thing that's going to get us death threats for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to say. That's all. Join um, us for the draft on Thursday, y'all. Yeah, join us for the draft on Thursday. Uh, join us for Jeremy's final mock draft of Wednesday, as if you haven't had enough. He's going to do more of them. I should make it next soft season. We're going to make him do it one like twice a week. No. I yes. quit. I quit. <laughs> you can't quit this. <laughs> this is the life that's chosen you, Jeremy. The mo- the. Pride of Detroit draft parties Thursday night. We strongly will start about, I'd say, around 30 minutes before the first round begins. I strongly encourage everyone to be there. It is our biggest party of the year. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. I will be there. Jeremy will be there. He'll be running around with his head on fire and his mustache blue. 
Uh, Ryan might be there. We I all will. love a party. Are you going to be drunk? No, I got to work on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. I've got to work early, too, or I would be drinking, too. For myself, you find me on Twitter at at I almost gave out Ryan's <laughs> Twitter for myself. I am so spooked now. At Christopher Fett for myself on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, the man of Pride to Detroit at Detroit Online. I gave him a new title. See? And Ryan Matthews, the heart and soul of this podcast, the man who just comes in and does everything beautifully. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Mm-hmm. Fellas, everyone, draft season. <laughs> <coughs> we'll see you star side. Oh, <laughs>